Hello and welcome to Integrity Ministries podcast. I oh, hated that. I hated I that hated so much. That I didn't know what to add. Food. Okay. <laughs> it was the way you said podcast. No, keep recording. Podcast. No, it's it's still going. No, I, I just got my notes up. Ah, uh, okay. okay. So, how y'all doing? It's been a while. It's only it's been a month. Been like, it's been like <laughs> yeah. half a month. I mean, we recorded for a month, took a month hiatus, you know, just... Yeah, broke up the team, came back together. Yeah. <laughs> circled back around. <laughs> so, we need to begin with fun facts. Yeah, fun facts. We do. I didn't even prepare mine. Well... Ooh. See, so we should start with Isaac. <laughs> okay. Um, Fun fact, uh, gosh. I did not like botanical gardens until I... Went to Bellingrath Gardens in Theodore, Alabama. I don't know any of those hmm. things, but that sounds cool. So essentially, it's a big giant. It's like all these acres, and they turn into like a garden esque place. Alternatively, you could just go to the outdoor section at like Lowe's or Home Depot. <laughs> that's Same my, thing. That's my favorite section. So yes. yeah, then go to yeah. a botanical garden. I'm definitely gonna do that. You ever been to like those Christmas light shows, and they got like all the flowers, and then they put the lights up at night and. Yeah. Essentially, it's that place during the day with no lights. Mm-hmm. Just Sad. a whole bunch of flowers. Okay. Um, same. <laughs> I feel like we need to save mine for last because I've got some. I've oh, got a big one. It's juicy. Okay. It's yeah. juicy. I, I oh, yeah. well, Seth? Is, is that a fun fact life update? It's or? a fun fact life update. I don't oh, know no, no. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's gonna, he is going to go on about that later for probably the whole episode. Um, <laughs> I'd be uh, my, down. My fun fact is so when I was in the military, uh, like active duty at the time, uh, not not active duty, but like training. I got a laptop for twelve hundred dollars. Oh my! Um, because you know I was making money in the military, and I was just you know, and the laptop sucks. So that's that's my fun fact. Nice. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So mine, I made some real money moves. You Ooh, did. You did. Yeah. Let me tell you what. what just where CSB, are we right now? Worldview. Goat skin leather. <laughs> How much was it originally? That's my question. $150 for this Bible. I paid 30 bucks for it. Nice. nice. Yeah. Big so moves. Like, big moves. Yeah, Aside no, from that, nothing really happened. Money schmoves. Since our we last out here. He, he's been talking about this Bible for the past like six days. I have. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, no, okay. <laughs> next, that, that next he's going to get the NIV camel skin Bible next. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, no, because that's NIV. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> no, that's, that's but, the NIV human skin leather. <laughs> oh my word! Put out by Little Nas X and Jeepers Creepers over here. But oh, no, geez. there was a for real big money move, which is we are recording in my house. Nice that I am renting, that I just started renting. It's my house. We're in the kitchen right now. Well, the dining like, room. Like super cheap too. So yeah, I have a separate room, like. To sleep in, mm. to eat in, nice. To make food in, nice. To watch TV, to be to shirtless read. in. That's all the rooms. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, like I've, I've lived for the past two years in a dorm. Where everything, it's all just like one room. Like it's basically a storage, like room. You know, mm-hmm. like imagine a storage container. Wow. And then like shrink that down, and then boom. That's my room. So it's like a see, warm ice chest. See, that's what yes. we live. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's just insulting our home, so. <laughs> he's trashed but, my living space. How yeah, do you feel? Yeah. I love my living I space. I feel great because I've got a good living space. <laughs> and now we are officially at the 
Sam Abodo. <laughs> I had to say it. Oh my gosh, that was that was Abodo. You're gonna have to delete the whole episode. Now. Oh my god. No. So do we want to no. restart? And uh, uh, Seth, do we want to kick him out? For yeah, that one. Kick, kick oh, him out of the um, room. <laughs> uh, that's my cue. Uh, yeah, that's that's my bedtime. Um, Downer and separated. <laughs> well, but are you seriously enjoying it? Like, what what do you plan? to do with this area do you do you plan on having a lot of house parties a lot of bible studies so here's the thing i plan to um use my wi-fi to actually do online gaming nice because that could be a thing at our, at our school we cannot connect our gaming systems to the wi-fi so i have my own wi-fi now i can connect my xbox to it and he can run his own minecraft server i mean i could do that but no one was actually playing no, so I, mean, I deleted just, it. Just so you can earn, um, what, what is it that you... Gamers like, outraged. Like keeps mining. AFK? Yeah. It does, <laughs> that, like, I would need a server to do that on. Yeah. Which I have. I, that's also something... Me, yeah, 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 meanwhile, yeah, yeah. while they're nerdy okay, now... That's uh, also something that happened. I joined... I found through this Instagram page a uh, Minecraft realm to join. And I was like... I was so hyped because I had a Minecraft realm, but then no one was using it. So I just deleted it so that I wouldn't be paying for it. And then I found this one, um, some other guys paying for it. So like, I don't have to worry about that. I get in the discord and it's all like 13 to 15 year olds. Oh no. And so I'm like, no, they're all saying their age. And I'm just like, man, I feel old. And they, one of them asked me like, how old are you? So I said, 23. And, like, not even a minute later, this one person sends in the group. So they said morbid. what? They said, my grandpa just died. Can you be my new grandpa? Oh, my word. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, I guess. And then someone else was like, can you be my grandpa, too? And I was just like, all right, I am the grandpa of the server, like, the entire realm. So I the, am the grandfather. The cool thing about this is he's... He, is he gets to turn this into a ministry opportunity. Yes. So You established um, your place as elder. So yeah, I have established my place as the grandfather, and we're gonna build like an amphitheater mm -hmm. and do story time with grandpa. Nice. And I'm just gonna do Bible stories. But he's gonna start obscure so they don't yeah. know it's from the Bible. So like stuff from <laughs> judges, you know, some of the weirder stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um very odd. Thing. I this is not how I expected this to go. I didn't either. Um, but you know, stuff happens. That's ministry. You don't know nice. where you're going. Yeah, <laughs> you just make the most you just of start it. Start on a Minecraft server. That's that's how everybody's got to start nowadays. I really wish that I was still taking personal evangelism, <laughs> um, just so that I could put that as one of my uh, witness your reports. reports. Yeah, we, we had this class. We had to, uh, you know, witness to like so many people and fill out reports on it and we'd get graded on them there's controversy just, to it but i just want to see dr jumper's face the day that somebody talks about witnessing on their christian minecraft server yeah i don't know if it's gonna happen i wonder if Minecraft's I was playing gonna video games and i started a conversation i mean maybe yeah i just like some sort of video game that would be like my life will be complete at that point i thought it was gonna happen over you know, COVID, but I didn't hear about anybody doing that. So I did 
through like Instagram messages, mm. but I mean, it was more of just like a text conversation because that yeah. was the semester that I took it was when we got shut down for Same. COVID. Oh yeah. You were in that class. Yeah. <laughs> I had a conversation with one of my friends back home and, uh, he, you know, seemed interested. I got to work with him for a little bit and still trying to get him in church. Haven't yeah. yet. Uh, I was like, in- like he's interested, but like every time I try to get him to church, he's busy. So it's, you know. I was, I was able to have three different conversations. So essentially, I was talking to this Catholic lady, and I was telling her I was in ministry, I was starting to be a pastor, and she was she was like, so you're studying divinity? And I went, yes, question mark? Because divinity is like what? Just the study of, I guess, God's divine nature? Not really like theology? I, like, I don't know, I was confused. Master of Divinity is usually like, going into like the study of like like religions as a whole but you focus in your theology okay because she she went through divinity and catechism in her catholic school and i Mm. said oh so you're a catholic scholar Mm -hmm. okay so then there was a presbyterian lady who would talk nonstop about alcohol and i was like you know what like in a bad way or like like what was her well, perspective? Well, essentially like she's like, yeah, I go to church, yeah, I go to church. And then she would turn to like, I guess her party with her and you know, she was talking just essentially like, oh, I tried this Moscato one time. I tried to all. And so I was just like, um, do you want to talk to me, ma'am? Or do you want to talk to your people? Uh, <laughs> but I was trying to utilize the conversation as much as I can. And then we were leaving and I had this Pentecostal couple and they were like, you know, we just sensed that. God's doing a work in your life, and they laid hands on me, and they prayed, and I said, you know what? I will take what I can get. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so, I mean... It sounds like an interesting day. <laughs> it, I mean, it was... I was, like, three different conversations in two different places in the span of three hours. I was like, mm. okay. <laughs> Go to Theodore, Alabama. You'll find people. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's outside Mobile, and that's a whole different culture, because I'm used to Dothan, yeah. Alabama. But oh, Mobile's well, Mobile's scary. Mobile's very well, different. It's like yeah. it's it's a very similar because uh, Mobile claims that they were the birthplace to have Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. Um, Which there's is much the, more of like a debate. It's much more of like a PG thirteen Mardi Gras. No, gosh, is it not? No, that's what I've been told. <laughs> it's just it's more in comparison to New Orleans, maybe. But yeah, no. that, it's in comparison <laughs> to New Orleans. It's like less. I don't know. Less voodoo and more bull riding. Um, (laughs) Mechanical bull riding. Yeah. That's right. Like good Christians. Mechanical bull riding. Well drunk. It's it's funny because like minus the drunk. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because like we we do our Marine Corps balls over there sometimes and I just know (laughs) Yo Spradlin. Ride the ride the bull real quick. No no no. Um we're we're not we're usually we usually try to work around Mardi Gras where we're not there during Mardi Gras. Right. Um but I just remember sometimes like that that we would go there and we'd be hearing about people getting shot like like a street over from us. Oh like, my at the, goodness. At the and um it, it would be fairly often and during Mardi Gras there was basically there, there's like a strip that's kind of safe and then there's people shot over here and people shot over here like every day. So wow, jeez, yeah, but it's like I don't know. It's not like it's usually the people that are getting shot or the people that are involved in the 
shootings. Goodness. So <laughs> pray for yeah. the families. I mean, yeah. Also, that so on a similar note, um, I think I've talked about this before. We I used to. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I was I, like, I did not know, expect more to go. No, I, I used to work on, at a funeral home, and we had the medical examiner contract, so I would do, you know, like crime scenes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shootings that happen. Yeah, that, like and you, you just don't, don't hear about. Um, a lot of a surprising number of self-inflicted shootings. Um, yeah. Wow. But also just a lot of like Sorry. murder shootings. Um, yeah, it it happens a lot more frequently than people realize. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things like just gotta be safe, gotta be aware of where you're at. Cause like I'm I'm a hundred percent against like gun control, but at the same time, um, sometimes like thinking about it just it becomes so easy for someone to like commit suicide because you just have a gun, right. you put it over your head, pull the trigger, and then if you miss, you're disfigured for life. Um, and that that happens very often. Like medical personnel see that, cops see that, Goodness. and they, they get messed up yeah. in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a very difficult issue. Yeah. Um, in ministry, in uh, police off the police work and other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. I know for the. Did y'all do the eulogies yet? Or no, we haven't done. No, that. we haven't gotten that far yet. So, essentially, I had to do three eulogies as for the projects of. And this is for a class right. that we're taking, by the way. Yeah. Um, an infant who passes mm-hmm. away, a teen that's taken their own life. And an elderly Christian who's essentially been a Christian her whole life. And I'm like, well. Easy one. Um, all the hard ones. Yeah. So, but the teen suicide yeah. one was very difficult to construct. And I said, what scares me is this is probably going to be frequent. You know, More frequent than you prefer. Because our professor yeah. is a full-time pastor. And he, like, he says the calls that just come in, they're so, like, frequent but random at the same time. Yeah. Well, it's because like you got an older church, you know, you're gonna have oh for of, sure, you know, people that it's it's gonna be easy sermon to preach for the funeral sometimes, mm-hmm. and then there's but you want to be personable, and then you still have the yeah of course, but then you still have those situations where it's you know young person passed away very young oh yeah sorry I said that twice uh, yeah heart issue. I mean, just, you got to keep seeking the Lord. You got to keep, you know, deep in your word. Yeah. You, you just got to just have, because, I mean, our church is going through, a se- we just finished our series of People of Hope, and we've been going through Acts 2, and so essentially just what does the people of God look like? What does, you know, being a people of hope, you know, look like in a despairing mm-hmm. world? And so we've just mm-hmm. been looking through that and, you know, just been, reading like what does it mean to be a worshiper of god looking at obadiah and so it's just it's been nice that's what we looked at today actually for our bible study um was the book of obadiah and how the edomites um were basically making fun of judah and were struck were would would be struck down because of it yeah uh, it was a pro- prophecy that obadiah had spoke and he mm-hmm. was a prophet that we see in First Kings. Mm-hmm. That was a good little plug in there that yeah, we see in no. First Kings. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't know that beforehand. <laughs> well, yeah, we had to study a little bit uh, yeah. around. So, yeah. um, Sam, what, what did you take from our, our from our passage in 
I'm sorry, I just got a notification that a friend requested $50,000 on Venmo. I want $50,000 on Venmo. I'm just going to deny this right quick. Um, but, but you could get a cruise. You who's, could... who's your friend that's not your friend? Dylan McGee. Oh, yeah. That's expected. Let's see. Shout what out my brother. Notifications. This man was my roommate my freshman year. He's a great friend. I love him to death. Um, he doesn't realize he's going to be on the podcast. Yeah. So, Dylan, if you're listening, uh, screw you. You're not getting <laughs> 50 grand. I don't have 50 grand, but I have a house. I have a house that I am renting for not 50 grand. Nice. Anyways, Obadiah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, if you don't... Let's start off with you, Seth. What did you get out of it? I was just going to get more background first. Okay. Okay. Uh, I I don't know (laughs) if I went into the... Maybe I'll get around to the question or someone else will jump in there before I have to. Um, So, the Edomites were the descendants of Esau. And if we remember back in Genesis, um, Esau had sold his birthright for a bowl of soup. And so... That good old porridge. Yeah. And so it said, like it actually says in scripture that he was hated by the Lord because of it, um, and because of that decision. And so his descendants were um, looked upon less favorably than Jacob's were. I'm sorry. <laughs> Y'all are really distracting. <laughs> While you're doing so, this, I see my phone light up again. I so I texted Dylan no, and he requested forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. <laughs> <laughs> what is that the limit of you, what you can do? <laughs> no, he's just no, no, going he's like fifty thousand before. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yes, the Edomites were descendants from Esau, and they were uh, basically cursing and making fun of the house of Judah, mm-hmm. um, the Jews, and basically reveling in their downfall. And actually participating in some of the the events right. um, that the enemies of Judah were doing. So they just didn't even take any action to help. Yeah. They just, you know, they just did absolutely nothing. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we find ourselves doing that today, like this the sin of doing nothing. Like you're refusing to do what is right. You're just standing. I mean, you're not necessarily doing bad, but exactly. the the fact that you're not doing anything, you're not initiating anything to help the kingdom Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well and so it's interesting if we read uh it's verses 11 through 14 of obadiah which only one chapter it says on the day you stood aloof on the day strangers captured his wealth while foreigners entered his city gate and cast lots for jerusalem you were just like one of them so on the day you stood aloof you know just not getting involved um you know just standing back says you're just like one of them and then it says do not gloat over your brother in the day of his calamity do not rejoice over the people of judah in the day of their destruction do not boastfully mock in the day of their distress so then it goes from them you know just standing aloof not really being involved just kind of sticking off to whatever they want to do to then them mocking the people Mm -hmm. of israel them mocking the people that are being oppressed so they not only did nothing they started to mock Mm mm-hmm but it started with that just ignorance. Yeah. 
and then do Good not life. enter uh, my people's gate or my people's city gate in the day of their disaster. Yes, you do not gloat over their misery in the day of their disaster and do not appropriate their possessions in the day of their disaster. So, you know, then goes from them, you know, just rejoicing over them, you know, joining in with the celebration of ransacking these people to then them joining in and stealing stuff and taking stuff to then in verse 14, do not stand at the crossroads to cut off their fugitives and do not hand over their survivors in the day of their distress. It turned to them murdering the people and joining in in enslaving them and killing them. You know, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't just a, you know, going from them being fine with the, the Israelites to then them straight up murdering them. It was a slow progression, you know, it just yeah. took time. Now, uh, what I like and is kind of scary about this is like a- after all that had happened, um, and this is Obadiah's prophecy. He's basically saying, like, don't, don't gloat. Let me tell you why. Um, going into verse 15, it's for the day of the Lord draws near. Um, and he goes on to say, you know, like, you're going to be in the height of your power. You're going to have all your allies, allies around you. And the people um, that eat your bread are going to destroy you. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, God's... I feel I feel like in in this prophecy it's almost a little vindictive, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, to the Edomites, mm-hmm. um, you know, al- allowing them to reach this point to basically be humbled. Well, yeah, I mean, verse fifteen: For the day of the Lord is near against all the nations. As you have done, it will be done to you. What you deserve will return on your own head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's what, like we got to be careful with within our own lives and seeing, you know. Whether it's seeing people trash talk Christianity or people within, you know, within Christianity, um, I mean, it happens all the defiling, time. Defiling, you know, yeah. what, what we teach. You know, we have to be careful what we, you know, let by and what we address. Mm-hmm. It a lot of it's heart issues because it all stems like say like if we're bitter, you know, holding on to that bitterness against those who have wronged us, like it just it gets worse and worse and mm-hmm. just festers within yeah. us, and you know, just that sin of holding on to just not doing anything to like not forgive your brother not you know move forward you're just holding it and it just sits there and then it just grows and so it's like what are you going to do to get rid of it Mm -hmm. but you're not doing anything (laughs) and like not to get into like denominational debates but like how like when, when will we stand up for like denominations that are getting you know put down you know maybe we disagree in something but like they fail in something and you know but there is no perfect denomination. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and that's the thing is we have to know when to you know stand up. Mm-hmm. Like, are you, are you willing to sacrifice with everybody else? Like, are you willing to sacrifice your denominational differences just to help another image bearer of Christ? Yeah. Yeah. Avoid the political fights, the denominational fights. Yeah, and I, I, I really feel like one of the things that I struggle with, you know, being called out in this, is the. Um, just kind of standing aloof. Right. You know? mm-hmm. um, I'm a firm believer that there's two basic types of sin. You have the sin of action and the sin of inaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times we think that it's Write good that enough. down. Take that. <laughs> take those notes. That's that pastor in me speaking. Um, <laughs> Amen. You know, a lot of times we think that it's good enough to just, you know, don't steal, don't cheat, don't 
hate people, you know, just be good. But, you know, what God has called us to is... No one is good but God? Yes, what? no one is good but God. <laughs> but I but, thought you were a good person. You know, what, what God has called us to is action. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ephesians, Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, Amen. which God prepared beforehand. And so if we are not acting on those good works that God prepared for us, then are we not that's sinning? that that's disobedience to the Lord, which is sin. Yes. Well, it's actually funny because uh, the, word, the, the word sin is hamartia, yes. um, which is basically failing to do God's will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, basically failing to live up to the, the standard mm-hmm. um, that He has set before us. Which we so we had this debate earlier, um, just earlier on in the week about um, you, do we abide by the law or do we you know live under christ and under grace and of course and kind of the 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 stance that i ended up taking was just it first of all in order to follow christ you have to follow the law obviously not to a t but you know obviously we're not going to do it perfectly but that is you know what god has called us to he did give us those not that we are justified by them, no, no. but that we are set apart. But the law was ultimately running from something. It was running from sin. Yes. Following Christ is running towards something. It's running towards righteousness. And so, um, you know, it's kind of that same idea. Just running away from sin and just not doing bad things is not the Christian life. The Christian life is about living out the calling that God's placed on your life. Right. I like that. Yeah. You were making faces when I was saying the things. No, no Isaac was about to disagree yeah. with us because he's a Wynarskanite. Wynarskanite. <laughs> I agree with Wynarski. <laughs> Same. Essentially, yes, we mm-hmm. are following the law. But we are not What's... held to the law's standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's in light of yeah. Christ. I... And he, his... Dr. Wernarski's point is that you can't um, you can't be looking at both. And I, I understand his perspective. Um, you know, because we should, of course, be looking at Jesus. Like, but I I whole... would, I personally would not live my life by the law. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's a demonstration of, like, if you break one, you break all of it. So it just shows this standard that we literally cannot meet that mm-hmm. Jesus meant. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we are following Jesus who mm-hmm. perfected mm-hmm. living out the law perfectly. Yeah. So yeah. why live by something that I will never achieve? That was my whole thing. Like that's yeah. when we mm-hmm. went in class. So essentially if I was to live my life by the law, it would only be through Jesus and not my own understanding. And you're not like, you're not looking to be like, oh, am I violating this in the law? Am I violating this in the law? But you can see like, when you mess up, you know to confess it to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and my my only thing was like, I and I would I'm in full agreement with him. If you have if you follow the Ten Commandments, you have to follow all of the law. Mm-hmm. You can't just pick and choose what of the law you have to follow. Yeah. But if you're under Jesus, you're free from that. Yeah, and which, which the way that I, different 
covenants within that. But yeah, the the way that I said it was confusing. I do not believe that we are held to the law. Yeah, um, okay. You know, I believe Galatians in particular is very clear about that that we are set free from the law. The reason um, why I was making faces, I was just. We had a very long, heated discussion in class about it. That I was just, it just brought back those like emotions, and and our professor was being fueled like he was. Yeah, so I, I think it I could be... see the fire in his eyes, the steam <laughs> from his nose. He looked like a leviathan. I'm like, what on earth? But... It would it would be a wonderful day if we could get a, like another podcast with him involved. Oh, like and just do do a conversation. Honestly, about that. yeah, we could just put the mic in his office. <laughs> and just have like a 15, 20 minute little thing. We can do it in my office because I have an office. He, yeah, I have but an is office he gonna come house. over here? It's like right by I the school. Like he, would. he can come I over. Like he would. Yeah. So this is right here. I mean, what's I don't he know if he's allowed to, or I'm sure, I think he is. Well, he if he's is. if he's doing summer classes, I mean, I'll be here in right the summer. Here, yeah. 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 I'll be. Anyways, that, that's the goal. That's the goal of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we don't want celebrities in, on here. We want Dr. Wernarski. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but everything in light of Christ. Yes. You know, like, he is, you know, the way, yeah. the word, the light. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that, you know, Galatians clarifies that the law was a basically sent as a watcher to, you know, hold us accountable, hold us right. um, to righteousness, show us what the covenant looked like. But now that Christ has come, we are no longer bound by the law. Yeah. Um, however, you can't deny that in, you know, say Matthew seven twenty three, Jesus describes the, you know, the people that he's sending to hell as lawless people, essentially yeah. people that, you know, did not abide by the law. And so it's not that we are saved by the law. It's not that we are held to the law. It is that in order to, in order to truly follow Christ, we are to live righteously. Mm-hmm. And what does it look like to live righteously? His example. Yeah. yeah. Well, like by the Spirit, but mm-hmm. as as you're living by the Spirit, what do you do? You study the Scripture. Yeah. You know, Second Timothy 3.16 says, uh, I'm going to mess it up now because I, I said it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All Scripture is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Mm-hmm. And in different versions, it, it says it different ways. Yeah. Um, Reproving, and it's, yeah. it says that it's God breathed, right. and what mm-hmm. it's talking about there is the Old Testament, because mm-hmm. that's the scripture they had. Yeah, um, you know what, what's being written at that point is you know Paul's writings to Timothy um, was the New Testament, which wasn't scripture yet. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Mark, and, and but essentially yeah. scripture, at, Mark was scripture at that time was one. more was that there verbal at that though. Point, probably was it considered that. scripture at the time? No. Yeah. Um, so like what what he's talking about there is the Old Testament. And so, even though it's not, it was an oral oral language. Standard, though. They didn't really have the manuscripts. Well, they, they had they had the, the old what Septuagint, the, the Talmud. Torah, the ta- yeah. the Tanakh, which was the encompassing uh-huh. of all the Old Testament. Um, it's basically it's Torah. I don't know what the second word is. But it was it was a combination of the three, and that's mm-hmm. why it was right. To next. Yeah. Um, but the, that combination is the scripture, which gives us a representation of who God is, and that's why we look back at that is to see Christ because we can see Christ through all of the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, and that's 
you know. Those Christocentric hermeneutics. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, all the way back in Genesis, you can see um, Christ. Yeah. So, yeah. Genesis 3. 15. No, I'm, I'm thinking of the Enoch verse, right? Not the no, Enoch. No, you're not. The Genesis 3 this. is the fall. Okay. Yeah. This is the part of the episode uh, where we all have 21? strokes. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like. I could very easily turn there, but I, I don't feel like doing 15? that. It's not 315. I, 315 uh, is the... Oh, that's, I think that's when it's... That's what I'm talking about. He will, you know, the snake will crush your... Or the... Yeah. The sun will crush that's your head. That's what I'm thinking of. Hold up. You know what? I'm, I'm turning there. Because chapter 6 is the one I'm thinking of in, in when it's conversation about Seth. Or not Seth. The you sons know. of God. Yeah. Which is... Yeah. We're not going to talk okay, about yeah, it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Context. So, um... 315, I will put a hostility between you and the woman and between yes. your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Um, the passage I always think of for um, you know, Christ in Genesis mm-hmm. is later on in the passage. Uh, Noah? No. Uh, starting in verse 20. Mm-hmm. The man named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the, all, all the living the Lord God made clothing from skins for the man and his wife, and he clothed them. Um, you know, that was the first sacrifice to cover up oh, man's, yeah, yes. man's sin. And that, that's another cool thing within Scripture. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, again, true stories mm-hmm. that are very representative oh, for of sure. Absolutely. the death, burial, and resurrection. Yeah. Um, like, I, I, think, I think a good representation of... Uh, his sacrifice is looking at Abraham and Isaac mm-hmm. and he takes his son up to the mountain and he's going to sacrifice his son because that's what he's commanded to do but instead an angel stops him and says there's a lamb mm-hmm. um, and that lamb takes the, the, the sacrifice um, yeah. and, and again there's other representations and, Yeah, Joseph in Genesis 50 what you meant for evil God planned for good Yeah, um, talking to his Love brothers about them <laughs> them selling him into slavery in Egypt. Yeah, there's it it's really crazy when you when you read through the Bible with the understanding that all of it not everything is a, you know, a figure for Christ. Not every single character is going to be, you know, some sort of foreshadowing of Jesus, but the entirety of scripture, every passage that you read points to Christ in some way. Well, it points to either why he's here Mm-hmm. who he's going to be or how he's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in some way, you know, if when we read scripture, we can't be reading it as, you know, I am Noah or I am Abraham or I am David. I'm Moses. You're not David. To, you didn't kill Goliath. <laughs> you know, we, we need to be reading it. This is pointing to Christ. Oh, yeah. We need to be starting with Christ and then... You know, from that, okay, what is this teaching about God? How does, you know, what is that truth? And then taking that truth, how does this truth apply to me? Mm-hmm. So a side note, um, one of the things I've learned in my class, prepping expository sermons. Um, Did you say preparing? Preparing. Yeah, it's late. Um, <laughs> anyway, preparing expository sermons. Potpourri. <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, we, we joke about this thing uh, called Home Depot sermons. Um, oh you can do goodness. it. We can help. I have a new one you know, for biblical preachers. You can't do it, and we can't help. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Jesus can, but we can't. Um, uh, I just thought that was a good 
Depot Depot sermons. (laughs) No, I I just finished an apologetics uh, book report, and essentially the probability of one person fulfilling all of the biblical prophecies, like the Old Testament prophecies, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jesus fulfilling every single one of them the probability of one person fulfilling every single one of those, I think it was 10 to the 157th power. Jeez. Well, it's like almost impossible. So, to put that in perspective, that's like just so that people understand what that means, that's one with, you said 157? 157. With not like times 157, 157 zeros behind it. So that number, essentially, so an unfathomable it, it's like, number. It's like a goo. Was that like because a Google's like one hundred? I have no clue. Because I know Google's a hundred zeros. I think. I don't like statistics, but like you got to think about like even the the fact that his bones were not broken. Mm-hmm. You know, he had nails put through his hands, nails put through his feet, mm-hmm. and his bones well, were still not broken. So it's it's actually really interesting studying uh, crucifixion. Mm-hmm. So. It is the perfect torture method to fulfill that prophecy. Because mm-hmm. the way that they do it, when we say hand, typically what it means is wrist. Yeah. So your arm has two bones, and so the nail goes, goes right between. between and then the, uh, the, the nails and the feet, it's actually right in the ankle, right between the, you know, the leg bone and the foot bone, so that you can't support yourself. Um, that's why they do it there. Mm. But it also does not break bones. Um, one of the things that I think is more relevant to what the you know what it was getting at, um, when you know when people would be crucified, if they were taking too long to die, mm-hmm. yeah. they would come by with basically a hammer and break their kneecaps. Mm-hmm. As they were on the cross, the soldiers would break their kneecaps so that way they couldn't support they couldn't support themselves because every time that you like the way that you actually die is by suffocation. Yeah. yeah. You suffocate in that way because of the way that your body is being held. And so each time that you want to breathe, you have to pull yourself up through your nail pierced you know, wrists. And if your kneecaps are busted, you can't do that. So you end up dying quicker. Um, one of the reasons why the time of Jesus' death is so important is because that was when they were about to go around and do that bust mm-hmm. the kneecaps and they figured out and, he was already dead yeah and so his bones were not broken yeah wow can you imagine so essentially at that same time as like the tradu- like the Jewish tradition millions I don't want to say millions essentially lambs were being slaughtered mm-hmm. as the same time the true lamb was dying so imagine you're just doing your sacrificial, you know, I want to say Passover. Yeah. Essentially, you're doing the Passover ceremony, and imagine it's just another holiday. But it's, but you had no idea at the time that the true lamb, mm-hmm. the true savior was actually dying. I think it's amazing that the... And died. <laughs> that the, 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 the and Pharisees rose. and Sadducees were so blinded by their, you know, look mm-hmm. for power, and the Jews were so blinded by what they wanted to see that they didn't see Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder how many of us Christians 
if we did not have you know the Holy Spirit inside of us would fail in that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, even the even the disciples. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> you read through like the passages leading up to, um, you know, leading up to Jesus' death. He is blatantly saying, "I am going to be killed. I am going to be sold over to the Pharisees, and I will be killed." And they're like, "No, what are you and, talking about? No." Yeah, I mean, Peter is like, no, 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 I will not let that happen. And he says, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. You know, and then this happens, and they're all like, what the heck? <laughs> Who would have guessed that? Who would have guessed? No, What I was getting to uh, before, and I, I got distracted, was the Roman soldiers got it, and the Jews mm-hmm. didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, not in every case, but a lot of cases it was the Gentile that was... Lord save me. Mm-hmm. Um, when when the Jews were blinded by, you know, pride. I know our Matthew class right now. We're. I didn't realize how the fair like the Pharisees worked. So essentially, they were righteous in their actions. Mm-hmm. They were doing good works. Mm-hmm. The only problem was is when Jesus came, he ruined their whole facade that they had because. They were dealing with heart issue sin. So essentially, they created like a whole smear campaign against Jesus. Like they, their whole mission was to attack his character, knowing that he's literally doing nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. So essentially, like how many people do that today of, oh, if, you know, you're proven wrong with facts, well, you just name call at that point. <laughs> yeah. It, like they knew that they lost. They knew that they were yeah. being shamed in an honor shame culture, mm-hmm. and yet these poor people that they considered lower class were being elevated, mm-hmm. yeah. and their status was just completely ruined. Like Jesus put them in their place, and as I was just, I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and that you know that's something that I think we need to, I think we need to revitalize in the church. Yeah, is the the way that Jesus went about the ministry was. You know, to the religious people, those Pharisees and Sadducees and the scribes and priests, he exposed their sins. Mm-hmm. He, you know, called them out in front of everyone. But then to the people who were, you know, prostitutes, tax collectors, um, you know, all these people that, you know, at the time, those were like the most sinful people. He expressed love to them. Mm-hmm. Certainly he, you know, rebuked their sin. You know, I think about the the woman that was brought to him in adultery, and he just kneeled down in the temple and started, you know, writing on the ground with his finger. He said, "Go and sin no more." So certainly, you know, commanding them to uh, repentance, but ultimately showing love to them. Um, I, and one thing I like about what you were saying there is that you were talking about like the the sinful people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because like basically God Jesus was putting it on the same plane that you know your hidden sins are mm-hmm. just as bad as mm-hmm. their outward sins yeah you know y'all are on the same page yeah but yeah I think we've lost that in the church oh for sure yeah. you know I, I see so many churches nowadays that it's you know oh us good Christians in here and those you know bad, bad people, people out, out there. there it's always us against them like those dirty Catholics and, I, <laughs> um, but I, I, I 
read this book earlier in the semester. Um, that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love our Catholics. Mastering contemporary preaching, and one of the things that they talked about in there is if your message is us versus them, Christians versus the rest of the world, mm-hmm. you have completely lost any opportunity to share the gospel with. Them. Oh, absolutely. If you are preaching hate to, you know, pro-choice activists, mm-hmm. hate to the LGBT community. You're literally proving you're, their point of what they're calling you. Yeah, yeah, you're. You have no opportunity to share the gospel with them at that point. If you, in love, share the gospel with them and call them to repentance, that's what we're commanded to do. That's mm-hmm. what Jesus did. But if you're just preaching, we're good in here and they're bad out there. You're not going to reach anyone. Yeah. Like we'll be hated for, like, our humility. Mm-hmm. We're preaching the gospel in love. Mm-hmm. That's when we'll be hated. We should not be hated for being bigoted and letting our anger get the best of us. And are you persecuted for the gospel or because you're a jerk? Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's that's one thing. Write that down. You still got that pencil and paper. Write that down. Write that down. Reformed people, we have that issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I well, and that's one of the things that I I was thinking about just a second ago is. Um, James and John, the the sons of thunder, mm-hmm. um, because they they wanted to call down fire and brimstone on people. How often do you you know get frustrated with someone you want to call fire and brimstone on on people? Mm-hmm. Um, no, you can't. Uh, <laughs> that's not what we're called to do. You know, mm-hmm. we're supposed to give an account for everything uh, that we've been taught. You know, with gentleness and respect. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard countless sermons that are you know. Oh, God's gonna rain down fire. I, like I've been praying for God to, you know, call down condemnation on on Planned Parenthood. I'm just thinking, like, why? Like, You're yes, the point. like, I mean, eventually. those people, <laughs> like, God will not be mocked. Yeah. I mean, just like in, you know, Obadiah, like we were looking at, people will be held accountable for yeah. their sins, but that's not our job. Yeah. Our job is to preach the gospel in love to them. That's like, yeah. you know, like, pray for the second coming, for mm-hmm. sure, but. You know, understanding that the wrath of God is going to be poured out upon people, and it's going to be bad. Um, it's going to be scary, and yeah. that's why we should be praying to save as many people as possible yeah. before. You know, and it seems a lot of our churches are praying more, you know, saints out of heaven than praying sinners into heaven. Yeah. Like you ever noticed how we almost laugh at the people who have mocked us? Mm-hmm. Like we find ourselves laughing and makes. Like, we literally become the Edomites in the sense that we're laughing at someone who's wronged us, their struggles. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, they get what they deserve. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, almost like we understand some kind of justice that's mm-hmm. at play. It's like, if someone is hurting, you know, we're like, where's the compassion? Where's the mm-hmm. forgiveness? Like, you're just as bad as them, and they're struggling. Wouldn't you want someone to help you, you know, despite your flaws, despite mm-hmm. your mistakes? So I've got a challenge for y'all. If if your church has like a prayer list that they hand out on Sundays or Wednesdays or email or whatever, mm-hmm. look on the prayer list. See how many of them are, you know, sickness-related, cancer-related, things like that, versus how many are related to um, witnessing to people. Sharing the gospel Ooh. with people, people outside the church. Yeah. And now, now let spiritual me be clear. healing. Certainly, we should be praying for those you yeah. know, that are dealing with ailments. Certainly, we should be praying for that. I'm not at all condemning that. 
But there are real people in your community, and yes, even in the smallest of towns with, you know, ten churches all in the center of town, there are still people in your community that are not saved. Absolutely. So be praying for them. You know, certainly pray for the people within the church. Pray for their health. We are called to do that. We're also called to pray for the people that do not know Christ. Like, you want to go to, like, a third world country. You want to go to Asia. You want to have this whole goal of, I want to do missions, and you're not even praying for the people in your backyard. Like, mm-hmm. that's yeah. the real ministry. That's the real missions, like, mm-hmm. work that you ought to be doing now. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many people that are hurting, and we're looking in the wrong places. We're, we're looking, like, almost this straight ahead as opposed to the people in the crevices and the cracks that like we forget to look down and there's people struggling people hurting and mm-hmm. we ought to be just i don't i think we just got compassion backwards you know it's like we we think oh we're gonna get give we're gonna give them love so that we get love back mm-hmm. but it's like we ought to be giving like love beyond reproach you're not expecting anything in return and mm-hmm. like being a servant being a leader expecting god knows the results through us just being the vessel mm-hmm. yeah yeah in um screw tape letters by c.s lewis one of the things that he talked about was um essentially putting your benevolence putting any giving any charity into a far off thing you know so that you write a check once a month and that's it you don't think about it it's just once a month, write a check. When there's people in your backyard that are hurting. When, mm. you know, there's people that are suffering. Wow. Um, and certainly we should be given to those things. I, mm. I'm a huge supporter of world missions. I don't think that you should stop that because there's needs in your community. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But if you're not even willing to take care of the needs where you're at and do your part in that, if you're not even willing to pray for that, then you're not going to be able to make a difference overseas. Exactly. Like we've become this little like, like safe bubble almost like because mm-hmm. we're so sheltered from like I, I always get these moments where I really reflect on like imagine like because say in this county right there's little towns that no one's probably even heard of probably like the population is like 150 people mm-hmm. tops like like a town Estope? so. Yeah, Esto. <laughs> no, like I was gonna call the names, but Esto. And everybody no, assumes Noma, there's Christian. Because yeah. you got Bonifay, you got Chipley, you got Graceville, but who in this area knows about Noma? If like this is their first mm-hmm. time here, or yeah. Esto, like you for Rehoboth. But imagine that kind of this kind of an area multiplied across like the whole world. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nations, tribes, there's people that literally are either forgotten or don't even know that they exist to the world. Yeah. And those are the people that we ought to be reaching, yes, but those people are, I, I call them like the hidden people almost, like the people who are not even reached are around us. We need to start digging. We need to start looking. Yeah. Well, I was kind of... No, was, the problem is, is they have a lot of people, you know, they've, they've heard of God. They've heard of Jesus. They have a misconstrued view of him. Though. Right. Um, if they've never been in church, they've just heard of it. Because mm-hmm. um, there's so many people that I've met that had a completely messed up view of right. God. 
and they had an opinion on it. Um, it's either church they, hurt or like a they, skewed view of God. And, and they had already formed their hatred for God because exactly. you know, they never got to know him. Yeah. Um, so it's our job to our give job them to, the real gospel, the yeah, authentic yeah. gospel. And yeah. by the way, this a lot of this is coming from the biggest hypocrites because we've all had <laughs> oh, for sure. We've all had those moments yeah. where like, oh, you know, like there's that church event down the street where they're going to talk to people and you know, sometimes we show up, sometimes we don't. Um, because it, it's nerve-wracking to go out there and witness to people in your community. Mm-hmm. It's different when you're, you know, talking to somebody that doesn't speak your language. <laughs> yeah. It's easy to yeah. Talk, easy to point at the Bible and be like, "Hey." <laughs> yeah. It Sorry, did I, I I didn't mean to derail you. Oh yeah, yeah. So I was gonna say like I I was blown away the other day. Um, so our school had a trip over spring break to um, Provo, Utah, where Brigham Young University is, and there was the Panhandle, group, Florida to Utah. <laughs> there was a group that went out there, and um, you know they were. Uh, preaching, sharing the gospel with missionaries, yeah. or with Mormons, mm-hmm. and opposite missionaries. <laughs> I mean, they have missionaries. They have their own missionaries. Um, <laughs> but I was talking to some of the people that went on that trip, and I didn't realize they were saying that like less than one percent of the population of Utah is oh yeah evangelical Christian. Oh, easy, yeah. yeah. Most, most of them are Mormons, and they, they that, do not like people that are not. Yeah. Well, there were even signs at BYU that like forbid anyone from preaching the gospel there yeah like you would get kicked off if you were sharing the gospel there share that yet gospel they, they share that gospel be, yet they claim to be a christian yeah you know mormons will swear up and down that they're christian and i one of my uh one of the people because it's too easily refutable yeah well one of the people that went showed me a sign that says that and i was i was at lunch Preach in graceville gospel. florida and i was like i want to get on a plane right now to utah go to byu and preach the gospel there and just get kicked off campus. Like, I want that so bad. Yeah. We want the vindication for... for do you think they have, like, the, the same... Not theological talks. Like, do you think, like, they had the same issues of, like... I say, like, a conservative Mormon versus, mm-hmm. like, a liberal Mormon. So they it's, do. like, I don't know, little doctrinal differences amongst the Mormons. They... So Mormonism is extreme classical mormonism is extremely racist oh shoot yes. and so that has been a really big issue between the conservative and liberal mormons uh, as well as like you know lgbt yeah things like that so there is definitely a very strong liberal and conservative mormonism mm-hmm. that's insane yeah i mean the whole thing is like it, like the whole yeah movement yeah they're the watchtowers, right? Or is it the Jehovah's Witnesses? I, I know there's like a there's like a watchtower like system that one of them has. I don't know. So I didn't know about. I know I know there's different like levels or something in one of them. Because um. it was either the founder, one of them's founder. Because Joseph Smith is yes. Mormon. So. Yes, Mormonism. So it might be Jehovah's Witnesses, the Watchtower. So it's like Latter Day Saints. I, I don't know. Latter Day Saints. Saints is Mormons. Yeah, which okay. actually Mormons which, apparently don't want to be called Mormons anymore. They want to be referred to as Latter Day Saints. Because they, I don't know, but they believed that. In, that well, again, when when it came about, they believed that they were in the latter days, um, and that 
They're the 144 know, they, they were the ones that, yes, exactly, were given the ability mm-hmm. um, to you know, prophesy, and et cetera. Um, I was course. elected to be racist. <laughs> oh. Uh, um, sorry. Again, Out of context, as we're, as we're talking week. about in relation to Obadiah, you know, you should, we shouldn't be in, in a hateful, you know, or mocking mm-hmm. about someone. But, You're right. Um, you know, even though that was talking about the enemies of mm-hmm. the Jews, you know, we, we shouldn't. We are all yeah. Gentiles Again, here. We, we can, we can, we can educate without being, uh, hateful, hateful or rude. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um. Yeah. And again, because because again, there's there's gonna be stuff that everybody disagrees on. Yeah. Uh, and I will say, I I have a very dear friend who is, I mean, he's a Mormon missionary. Yeah. Um, like he, I don't know where he's at. He went off to Utah and then went like somewhere in Asia. Maybe mm-hmm. somewhere else now. But anyways, he like. I have love for the Mormon community, but after hearing like more about what they believe and more about what goes on just some of the stuff just really breaks my heart yeah uh, well um i i had some friends that you know they they have been hurt so badly by the church of latter-day saints or mormons yeah. uh, whatever you want to refer, refer to them as they were hurt so badly they won't step foot in a church mm-hmm. and again they associated wow. all with them because you know they were wrong so everybody else is wrong too mm-hmm. um I saw I saw a Kingdom Hall. That's Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses, yeah. There's yes. a Kingdom Hall in Bonifay. Mm-hmm. There's also a mosque. Really? I saw a mosque the other day, hmm. and I said, "Imagine if we just knocked on the doors, because their whole I think they have a whole prayer system. Like you get down on the prayer mat and mm-hmm. you worship Allah for I think five times a day, and I think the first one starts at five a.m." And I'm just like, well, I mean, what's funny, and they'll do. A you lot need of Jesus too. Um, yeah. It's surprising how much, you know, you see in relation to Christian, you know, the enemy working versus Christians, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of sad because you know Muslims they'll do like cookouts and handing out food and stuff out of their mosques and etc. And then you have same thing with Latter Day Saints and stuff like that. It's you know, we need to step up. Oh yeah. You know, we're getting we're getting way too comfortable and you know sitting behind closed doors and judging from the windows when we ought to be actually in the mission field. <laughs> it's at midnight though, so it's okay. Yeah. No, th- we're here, doing we're this because we love you. We're guys. not judging from the windows. I have the windows all closed. Yeah, all the blinds are closed. Yeah. <laughs> we're judging from the front door. No. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, car went by. <laughs> Sinner. Uh. They didn't have a fish bumper sticker. <laughs> oh, gosh. They're not going to heaven. <laughs> Jesus fish. I mean, Romans is clear. If you, if you, you do know, not have... If you repent and believe the gospel and have a bumper sticker on your car that has a fish, <laughs> boom. Good works. Yeah. That's, yeah. For the wages of sin is fish. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, be swimming with the fishies. No, <laughs> no. Well, you mentioned uh, the Utah because you didn't go on the Utah trip. I did not. Well, I was to say like in terms of in ready. terms of spring break and say before spring break to now at least. Mm-hmm. You know, I was gonna ask like essentially, what has God been showing you guys? My new house. 
nice. You get to walk <laughs> around and enjoy it. Like, is, is there any, I don't know, so, struggles or lessons or, like, big, profound moments that God has given so you? So, I started going through Revelation because um, I realized... You're in that phase. I, I'm just <laughs> like, I, I've studied Revelation through the lens of, like, like I want to know what the end times are going to be like and, you know, just really trying to figure all that out. But I realized I've never actually just, like read through it as a uh, devotional, like as a quiet time. Right. And in Revelation, I think it's, it's in chapter one, uh, it talks about like, <laughs> well, it talks about like, blessed is he who reads this, yeah. or reads this manuscript or reads these words or something. Um, and so, you know, it, it is something that we should be reading. It is something we should be, um, you know, praying through. And so I decided to you know, go through that. And one of the big things that has been really sticking out to me, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff that I honestly don't understand in it. But more so than that is just praise for God. So like all right. this stuff happens. And even though, you know, I don't know what each different thing is mm -hmm. going to look like in the end times, I know that it's a analogy for how great kind, God is. Well, it, it's in different aspects. It's not a, fun picture you know like it's the judgment being poured out on the mm -hmm. world but the saints in heaven they are praising god i mean there are some amazing scriptures in there amazing things to pray for, like for yourself and so a lot of times you know what i've been doing as i go through this is you know underlining their praises and then when i go back so i, I pray before and after and my prayers after are just praying those praises that they you know, sing. That's awesome. And That's it's good. just, it's just, God is so good. Like, it's just so good. Because we forget to, you know, we're too busy trying to almost, I almost said psychoanalyze, but essentially like look deep into the text, mm -hmm. you know, and try to figure out what to, what does each like prophecy, what does each like imagery mean as opposed to just appreciating what the imagery is about yeah. yeah god's judgment god's you know like essentially doxology that we should be yeah. giving yeah. them i i one of the things that i struggle with is i want to know everything. everything that there is to know about scripture i want to learn everything i want to the you more know, you learn I want the more to, you like, realize you don't know anything well i want to like theologically analyze every part of scripture and that's good to do but there's also times when you need to step back and just read scripture and sit back and meditate on God and think about how great he is. Not try and, you know, analyze whether or not, you know, this is related to this. The seventh trumpet is that. Did y'all hear the noise? Yeah, the door creaked. This is the not so fun part about having <laughs> my own house. <laughs> and uh, you, you, your door is fine. Okay, we, we essentially if get the shotgun. they on the back door, that's when we gotta start worrying. Yeah, that's what you do. Oh. You you always come to the back door. <laughs> I only came to the back door once. You did it twice. Okay, it was the same night though. My first time here, essentially, Seth was like, "Hey, go around back." <laughs> I didn't know if he wanted me to scare him or what. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so essentially, I look through the window and I open the door, and Sam's not even phased. 
I was just like, hey. No, no, he hey, gets Hey, buddy. Sam, get, uh, you didn't see his stance, though, but I, I can't demonstrate for the people on the podcast. <laughs> I'm, I was about to demonstrate it. But Sam, like, gets up, and he's like, oh. He kind of, like, stares at Isaac for a little bit. He's, oh. <laughs> you well, can tell his heart rate was... So, if y'all watch New Girl, there's a part where <laughs> Cece and Schmidt get married, and mm-hmm. they have their their house i think they call it like jaipur aviv or something like that but mm-hmm. anyways there's an episode where they're like trying to relax you know lay down in their new house and they realize like oh we forgot to lock this window and there's like they figure out like there's like 30 points of entry to the house and they go through and like have the security system that locks all of them and they're like paranoid about it oh, yeah. i have become that well once you like again once you start dwelling on things and getting Just nervous about alone. them you're booby trap everything <laughs> then i would set out the booby trap yeah same i'm a big clumsy I, man that's all like I, I saw the um when they were doing the doomsday prepper mm-hmm. thing i think it was on discovery channel or whatever and they had this you know thing under the ground of course um and a person had a trap where the the thing would swing forward and like slam into people with like nice. nails in it and it's like definitely kill people and i would a hundred percent set that off trying to run into my bunker i don't know why who would think step in step in a bear trap just you know some like did you notice how access clothes with weapons inside or something did you notice how the door creaked as we were talking about revelation yeah don't start that. Uh, no, don't. Because we're not going to start talking about spiritual warfare. Because oh, no, we no, got to leave no, and no. he's got to stay here. You Isaac, know what Revelation shush. is about? <laughs> the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's coming back. Okay, do you know what the context was for John writing it? He was talking to the churches. What were the churches dealing with? Sam. Persecution. Bingo. Persecution. Just set. Yeah. yeah <laughs> they were dealing with persecution. And so it need it needs to be read through the lens of a church that is being persecuted for their faith and struggling. And so whether a lot of these things are, you know, literal or figurative, that's a whole nother issue, but at the end of the day what, you know, what God was getting across to these people through John was we win. Nice. And so Revelation really when you read it with that context, it's really not scary. Like it's, I remember reading it when I was like eight and I was terrified. But reading it's it with that exciting context, to me. Is so, that I mean, like, so there, there's part, there's parts in it. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, you know, that would be awful. I'm mm-hmm. so glad because like I remember as a kid, like I used to have nightmares about like not being saved and then being that army that like basically right. their blood just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah. I used to have that nightmare. Um, but at the same time, I was still like super excited. Um, What's the oh, what is it? You know, like that adrenaline feeling. You know that adrenaline feeling of when, like, like Hurricane Michael came through, mm-hmm. and just that oh, and the actual storm is coming through. Like, like, like this is huge. Like we're living in this history, almost like this. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to happen, but a part of you is like excited, about wanting it. to see it. Like not, I don't yeah, know. That's revelation. It, I it, think that's for a lot of people. People, first, like Christians, first, we ought to be excited. Well, and it's it's not even just Christians, but like for some reason, people are excited about the idea of apocalypse. People, in a weird way, want the world to end. Christians and non-Christians. Yeah. 
Um, it's because all these Call of Duty and Fortnite players think that they're going to well, be good in an apocalypse. And I, I, well, I think it's, I, I mean, part of it's that, but like, I think a lot of it is, you know, people don't like the way the world is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, people, people are just not realizing. And of course, like Christians, like, which I mean, it's been a, you know, thing for a while, but it's getting worse and worse. Um, I think. And Christians, you know, we, we know what's coming. We have a hope yeah. for the future. Um, whereas, you know, nihilism or something like that, you know, it just ends. <laughs> I mean, it's essentially, it's not even a hope that it will happen, but it's almost a, it's an assurance that well, yeah, it, it will it happen. It is going to happen. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. What was your original question? Oh, yeah. What have we been learning <laughs> over spring break? What have we been learning so, over spring break? Mine, God is good, he wins. Seth? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what I've been learning over spring break is patience. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I mean, there's a lot of details behind it. Just um, Mostly just patience in busy time. Mm-hmm. Um, because so much of my time is occupied by uh, uh, work, school, studying for new sermons, uh, drill, etc you know like so i'm spread really thin right but like patience in those other times to like that god is not leaving me here forever right. patience for what is coming um and relying on him through it instead of you know getting frustrated mm. uh, which is very easy to do nice so. that's awesome me next. Yeah. I, I, asked I, don't know why y'all were I did at ask me. the question. Oh, well, yeah, you already did your yeah. um, hour long. No. <laughs> yeah. So, great. essentially, I heard the spoken word. Um, words by Ezekiel. Ooh. You guys need to check him out. It, I think you sent it to us. So, essentially, there's a part where he goes over. Like, he calls, like, when you have Moses and the sea parted, essentially, Pharaoh and the. Um, I guess like his soldiers are racing after Moses like in these like chariots mm-hmm. and so God's love God's wrath all at the same time just closes the sea and they just drown mm-hmm. so in a way of leaving your dead idols like those chariots mm-hmm. so like don't go chasing after dead chariots in a way chasing waterfalls <laughs> Ooh, that's but, cool. but essentially just we're chasing after dead idols and when we say lust or when we sin we we're angry we're like essentially sin can be found in all of the ten commandments mm-hmm. you know it's all like it's all broken through everything that we do that is pleasing to us because yeah. essentially the core sin of humanity is wanting to be God, wanting to be just prideful, in the sense of I want to live by my standard. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to do so. Essentially, just God just showing me of, don't be feeding dead idols in a way. It's funny because because we they're meaningless. Yeah, it's funny because we rebel rebel against the things that God has given us into the flesh, which we are slaves to. Right. Um. And we're we're set free, so why would we keep chasing what we've been freed from? That's the dichotomy. Psychologically and stuff, like, you know, people, you know, non-Christians will say, oh, you know, it doesn't affect me. And then, you know, they go have however much sex they want, and then, you know, 
so many years later. And so, again, some people seem to be fine. Right. And there's the others that commit suicide because they can't handle it. Yeah. Um, because the pressures and consequences of sin, you know, eat away at you a lot yeah. of times. And of course, you know, some people are made to be comfortable, so they never turn to God. Um, but yeah. This was a solid episode. Also, I feel like yeah, we went into the sad a little bit. <laughs> sad boy hours. We sad did? boy hours. Are you are you wanting to go sad boy no, hours? No, we did go no, sad boy did. hours. Oh, well, I can't even do it's the just... accent anymore. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were so close. Yeah, now we have to end it and then no. restart it all over again because no. you ruined it. They, they they were giving me a hard time about my accent the entire time. <laughs> We did. We were three so pretests. close. You're welcome. I feel like you did that on purpose. I did. You saved it to the. You were waiting for the cue, and you said, "Here's my shot." If anybody would like to audition to replace Seth, <laughs> uh, email us. Email us at um. We're not going to give you our socials. Uh, <laughs> I mean. Um, I mean, we can give out I, mean, <laughs> I feel like it's just like friends and family that listen to it. Until we get big. Yeah. Which is never gonna happen. We're gonna get big, big. This is Integrity Ministries. Hey, look. Have I, a good night. <laughs> I said that I wasn't gonna get big, and you see me now. <laughs> <laughs> that sound is gonna come up on the mic. And people are like, what is that? Is that a face? Is that a chest? Dude, is that we gotta a belly? Just, we gotta just go to that point right as like as soon as we're done and mm. see if it came up. <laughs> Alright. Uh, so We love you guys. Thank okay, you for listening. Night. This is Integrity Ministries and uh, thank you for listening. Stay sweet. Stay sweet. <laughs>